0: and welcome to the Black and White Podcast, where we seek to filter the gray world around us through God's Word, with radical grace, raw truth, and real hope. I'm Denise Pass, and I am with my friend and co-host, Angela Donatio. And this month, we are talking about shame in celebration of the one-year
1: anniversary of Shame Off You. woo (laughs) Insert confetti cannons. (laughs) Congratulations, Denise. That is so exciting. To think it's already been a year since you've released that book and all that God has been doing through it. Oh, I know. It it just, it's so
0: surreal. You know, even just as I go and I'll look and, and just pick up the book myself and read it, it's like, wow, look what God has done.
1: Absolutely. Yay.
0: So today we're going to start a two episode series on why shame matters. What's the big deal? Well, the scripture for this episode is taken from Ezra 9, verses 6 through 7. Oh, my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift my face to you. My God, for our iniquities have risen higher than our heads and our guilt has mounted up to the heavens. From the days of our fathers to this day, we have been in great guilt. And for our iniquities, we, our kings and our priests, have been given into the hand of the kings of the lands, to the sword, to captivity, to plundering, and to utter shame as it is today. I love this passage from Ezra because it is such a beautiful example of how the presence of shame in our lives can bring us to repentance. But so often people remain in their shame by trying to cover it, deny it, or make
1: excuses for it. That's so true, Denise. I've seen that not only in my own life, but in other women that I've talked with. And that's never the solution. So I'm really excited to hear you know, your um, guidance for us today on how to really get out from under shame.
0: Well, you know, one of the key premises of my book, Shame Off You, is hiding shame only breeds shame. We have to be willing to examine shame instead of being put off or condemned by it. I have a funny story about how I tried to hide my shame and it just... Began to multiply. I was in college at the University of Maryland and I was driving down Good Luck Road. <laughs> There's a misnomer, people. Every ticket I ever got for real was on that road. <laughs> but on that day in particular, it was the first time driving in two months because of being really sick with mono and I was a red hot mess. Mm. And not much has changed. <laughs> but I was eating a chocolate chip cookie and I'm driving down the road in these white pants. And my horn began to stick on my car. And it's just honking at everybody who drives by. And this police officer who drives by as well. I'm like, great, you know, way to call myself out here. And he pulls me over, gives me a ticket, you know, for real, for my horn sticking. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and then I, I noticed that I had this cookie that got on my white pants And so I'm just, like, paranoid about it. I go to class, and here I am already worried, am I even going to pass this exam? And I'm standing in the bathroom trying to scrub out this chocolate on my derriere because I'm thinking people are going to think it's like poop or something. (laughs) 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 And I couldn't get it off, so I tied the jacket around my waist. You know, those people who are usually really preppy and cool. Mm. I was not one of them. (laughs) And so it was very obvious she's hiding something. (laughs) There's shame there. So the whole day goes by, and at the end of the day, I'm uh, near the drama department upstairs, so I'm thinking, no one comes to this bathroom, and I'm going to just take off my pants, scrub off this spot in the mm. sink. And this woman comes in the bathroom, and she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, I have chocolate in my pants, and so she offers a solution of, hey, I have an outfit for you, mm. and it's a Spanish costume, okay? <laughs> So I end up in more shame had I not just dealt with it, you know, Mm -hmm. been okay with it. It's not a big deal. But I think, you know, I didn't realize how much shame just drove my existence. Mm. What will people think?
1: That was such a preeminent fear I had. I think so many of us struggle with that, Denise. Unfortunately, we worry too much about what other people think. And and when we give in to shame, then we it 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 obscures other things that we should be focusing on. And Mm. I'm just curious, why do you think we try to hide shame so much?
0: Well, you know, kind of like what I was just saying too, like we wouldn't have shame if we didn't worry so much about what people think. Mm. So ultimately, we wouldn't have shame if we didn't have an audience. Mm -hmm. You know, even though we can have it in our own minds, still that thought process is, what will someone think? What if people find out that I'm really not enough? Mm. You know, pride and the fear of man keep us bound. And shame is this accusation on our souls that says we are not enough. So we strive to get rid of that weakness or flaw, whether it's denial or blaming others or making excuses. But in Christ, we can own this truth that we are not enough. He knows we are not, which is why he died for our sin and removed our shame. So acknowledging that we are not enough does not have to condemn us anymore. It is our vindication when
1: Christ is our righteousness. I love that, Denise. I love just the visual that Christ literally covered our shame with his blood Mm. so that we don't have to be covered by shame. Mm. I think a lot of people don't recognize shame in their lives or see the need to even deal with shame. So why does shame matter? All right. Are we ready for our
0: top 10 list? (laughs) I need a drum roll here. (laughs) So I, you know, I always like to think of things like, okay, what is causing us, impeding us from doing something in life, or what are the things that contribute to it? And so today I want to unpack 10 reasons why shame matters. Because if we don't think it matters, we're just not going to do anything about it, and it's going to affect our existence and our ability to glorify God in our lives. So number one, shame keeps us from living on mission. When we are consumed with thoughts of shame, our focus is not on kingdom matters. Shame separates us from God. I think of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They walked and talked with God, but shame caused Adam to hide from God. We see this in Genesis 3.10, and he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He could not be right with God, living for His glory and choosing sin and shame at the same time. It was one or the other. During some of the most painful, shameful times of my life, even shame I did not cause, it was exceptionally difficult to be kingdom-minded. And I think, you know, just about staying on mission. So Angela, have you ever been distracted with shame in your life that took
1: the focus off of the mission God has for you? Yes, absolutely. And it's true that when we're covered by shame, it obscures not only our calling, but we can't really see God's grace that's mm. there for us. You know, He's extending that to say you don't have to live in shame. He doesn't want us to. But when we focus on shame, we lose sight of who He really is and what He would want for us.
0: Mm. That's so true. You know, I I allowed comparison Mm -hmm. to keep me from the calling of God. There's always someone better, right? Why try? Mm -hmm. I remember my first concert like weeping backstage because I was like, God, why me? Mm -hmm. There's people who are better. You know, I focused on that instead of God's gift that Mm -hmm. he was putting in me and people he wanted me to reach. And shame arising from comparison keeps us paralyzed, sometimes from even trying at all. Is because we focus on the outcome instead of simply just being faithful. Another reason why shame matters is the impact shame has on our identity. Shame labels us. Shame prevents us from living in the identity of Christ as we live underneath a false identity of labels that shame affixes to our souls. We see an example of the weight of shame in Psalm 44, verse 15, where the psalmist echoes the weight that shame produced in his life. All day long, my dishonor is before me, and my humiliation has overwhelmed me. He was aware of his shame so much so that he characterized his existence, and he called it out. We are overcome with shame and we think our identity is defined by our performance in this world, others' people opinion of us, or our circumstances. There are so many labels a society can place on us, and when we blow it, or maybe someone else places shame upon us, we can begin to accept that label as our reality that we cannot escape from and live according to that label instead of
1: who we are in Christ. That's just so good, Denise. It's just like that's a lot just to sit and chew on and... and... You know, uh, in my upcoming book that we're going to talk about next month, there's a mm-hmm. statement that I wrote, labels were made for packages and not people. Wow. And it breaks my heart to see people label mm-hmm. themselves or others. And as we follow Christ and His example of grace, we can actually help remove the residue of labels off of people. Mm-hmm. I love that.
0: When you think about residue, have you ever had like, you buy that cheap gift from the clearance section? <laughs> <laughs> you can't
1: get the residue off. Or like the church nursery and you go home and wash your child's clothes and like all that label is now like permanently affixed to their outfit. You know, we're not supposed to be wearing labels and shame is a label.
0: Yes. Amen. That's such a great picture for us. You know, continuing on with number three is what labels can do. That residue, uh, condemnation, judgment, unforgiveness, shame condemns us. Shame has us living under condemnation, which, which leads to living a defeated life. We've looked at this scripture. Romans 8 verse 1 promises us that there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But shame tries to steal this truth from us. Under the weight of our own or other people's judgment, we
1: are too wrapped up in our shame to live the abundant life that Christ promises. You know, I think it's important, too, Denise, for us to remember the difference between condemnation and conviction. Yes. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, and that's for our good, because He wants us to be free. He doesn't want us to be you know, enslaved to anything, but condemnation comes from the enemy or our own thoughts that no matter what we do, we don't ever think we'll be good enough. And mm-hmm. that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's so important to differentiate between those two things.
0: Amen. You know, I think of conviction as being all about relationship mm-hmm. and condemnation is all about works. That's true. I won't ever be able to be enough, mm-hmm. you know, but in Christ, he's already fulfilled all that. That's right. And so he does convict us because we don't want that separation. Mm -hmm. He wants to draw us near. And shame doesn't just impact us, though. Uh, Number four on my list is shame hurts our relationships. Shame impacts all of our relationships and hurts genuine fellowship. There is this power that shame has in social circles. You know, when people are gossiping about someone, it is like everyone follows the protocol of silence and shunning. Mm. And when we feel shame, we tend to pull back. 1 John two twenty eight says, And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink back from him in shame at his coming. In Christ, we don't have to shrink in shame when we abide in Christ and he covers our sin. But somehow, we can let ourselves shrink in shame in our relationships with others. We receive their perceived or real judgment as a life sentence, But we can rise above. This might mean learning new habits and changing the shame culture around us. And it is not easy. I had a situation where I knew I was being gossiped about, and I realized I was shrinking back and letting myself be under the spell of the power of shame. But I had not done anything wrong. And even if I had, I did not have to live in shame. So I made a decision that I was going to continue to be kind and love people who didn't like me or were trying to shame me. And being aware of their shaming did not mean I had to respond by accepting that shame.
1: That's so great, Denise. You know, we can't control what other people do, but we can control our reactions, mm-hmm. our responses. I love that phrase of, you know, we're gonna have to do our part to change the shame culture yes and you know i see it even with little kids quickly on the playground Um, in church, you know, Sunday school classes, just this idea of putting other people down and you feel ashamed of who you are. You have a a body um, flaw, or it's not even a flaw, but you know, just the way you might see yourself. And Mm. early on, just the being even um, bullied or made fun of can lead to shame. Like you said, that you shouldn't even be owning. And that changes the way we We handle our relationship with the people. So I love that concept of there's a, we have got to take ownership of our own thoughts, our own responses, and change if there is a shame culture that we're a part of. Mm, That's so beautiful. You know, when I was just, when you were talking, I was thinking
0: shame is peer pressure. Mm -hmm. That's really what it is. And can we change that peer pressure Mm -hmm. to be a pressure of acceptance, to be Mm -hmm. a place where people know that just as they are, Mm they are loved and accepted. Number five on our examination of why shame matters and we need to deal with it is shame robs us of joy. When shame has us in its grip, it steals our joy because shame is a heavy burden on our souls. We struggle to move past it because we don't often know how to. One of my favorite verses on shame is in Isaiah 61 verse 7. Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. Shame is a heavy burden. Judgment buries us. But when we taste of the freedom we have from shame, joy is the response. There's no more guilt,
1: no more striving, just forgiveness and beautiful grace. Ah oh, Denise, I cannot wait to hear the rest of this list. Shame matters. Shame matters. Dealing with shame biblically can impact our lives in dramatic ways. And you guys, join the fun this month during the Shame Off You blog tour going on. Yay! Yay. You can pick up a copy of Shame Off You and you can leave a review on the retailer website. And as an author, can I just tell you, those really matter. So we appreciate those reviews. And that enters you into a Shame Off You giveaway and a bunch of goodies. So just share the review through Denise's author Facebook page to be entered. The raw truth is that we have all experienced shame in some manner and how we process shame could determine our faithfulness to the mission God has called us to. The radical grace is we would not have shame if we did not have an audience, but the audience of one that has already removed all of our shame. And the real hope is when we struggle with the reality that we are not enough, we remember that Christ is. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible, and live life in the freedom of truth.